Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Beauties on the Beast, Saturdays, on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It is time for Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Roy. Linda Leatherdale, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, currently vice president. I don't mean that's a sort of a transitory <laughs> position. <laughs> vice, vice president of Cambria... Canada, I was going to say, for the foreseeable future, but <laughs> that only gets the, digs the hole deeper. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, Roy. How are you? I'm doing just great. And with us as well, former Liberal Member of Parliament, seatmate to the Prime Minister, Michelle Simpson. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Roy. Okay, I want to play something for you. Senator Denise Batters, who was on this program, while you were away, Michelle, uh, the Senator joined us on, on one of our segments. And... Uh, she engaged our Minister of Finance in conversation in uh, in the Senate. And it's it's about five minutes, but we we took about 50 seconds of it. And, and have a listen to how some of that went. So, Minister Morneau, who takes responsibility and who bears accountability for even including those measures in the first place? You, your finance officials, the Prime Minister. If those proposals came from your department, who will lose their jobs for that? We... Uh uh, we will uh, continue to move forward with, uh, with approaches that we uh, will see will ensure their tax system is fair. Uh, we believe that uh, Canadians elected us uh, to make sure that we could uh, grow the economy and ensure that the benefits of that growth were not going disproportionately to those that are already advantaged. So what did that have to do with the question? Well, this is just a continuation of what we've seen. Well, I know, but, uh, but let's... Question but, but, but period or in front of parliamentary committees, yeah. the Senate or whatever. It's, it's, uh, I hope all Canadians are watching this farce, because unfortunately it has become such a farce where the finance minister, the prime minister, and other ministers uh, have just obfuscated, uh, you know, baffle-gabbed, uh, and not not answered any questions. Well, we know. I mean, this is all we hear from them. This is that we knew exactly. I, I didn't know that he was going to say um as often as the prime minister. Maybe that's catching. I don't know. But it really, his answer his answer had nothing to do with the question that was asked. Michelle, is there a course that MPs take on question avoidance? Yeah, there actually <laughs> is. Tell us, please. Oh, leave it or 
or not. <laughs> and it's in the media training. <laughs> Do not answer the question you're asked. You just provide, uh, you know, to use Catherine, Catherine's expression, baffle gab. Even if it won't get you into trouble, you don't answer questions. Now, you know what I used to do on this show? <laughs> when I'd get these people on, whether it was a prime minister, particularly prime ministers, or federal ministers or premiers or, or provincial premiers. Amazing. I just realized prime minister, current prime minister, and none of his ministers have been on this program. I wonder why. All, the, other, all the others did, whether they were conservative or liberal, they all came. But... What I just uh, realized is I've forgotten what I was going to say. Um, no, what I, what I would do is I would, when they gave me a non-answer, they would stop, and I would stop. And I'd say nothing. Huh. Nothing. Good strategy. And there'd be dead air. And then they would eventually feel uncomfortable because they were still up, right? They still had to bat their hands. So they'd swing again. And then they'd get in trouble. The only one who who didn't fall for that was Stephen Harper. He would outweigh me because he'd know eventually Green's going to have to start talking because he's a broadcaster <laughs> and he can't handle dead air. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the sad part is that we, we the citizens, the taxpayers, et cetera, deserve answers. And it's t- I totally agree, though. It's, it's not unique to this government. But I must say that the level of arrogance uh, and entitlement in this government is quite, yeah. quite shocking. It's always there in any government, but this one seems to be really taking it to Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Because they won a majority. But it's not they just that, Michelle. There were, look, look at Gretchen. I mean, I had bones to pick with him, but they did, they did some things I agreed with. You know, it's not, it's not as simple as no, that. I know. It, 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 I think we've that. got a crowd here that are mostly very privileged people that have grown yeah. up privileged, and notably at the top, uh, you know, and not just Trudeau, but, but uh, you know, senior ministers, and, and they have grown up with a sense of entitlement, and, and they think that's the norm for everybody, and of course it's not, quite the contrary. Uh, but th- th- they seem to come to power thinking we, we have all the answers for everybody's problems, we are the only way to think. There, there just seems to be a, a level here that I, I don't believe I've ever seen before. Okay, sometimes you guys can't hear each other very well. So, uh, Catherine Michelle was trying to get uh, answer, answer one of your points. Go ahead, Michelle. Well, I agree with Catherine. There's a sense of entitlement, but there's. I'm also sensing that if the Canadian public gets together and pushes back, this government tends to fold like a cheap tent. On the Carolina coast during hurricane season. Um, (laughs) Linda? Okay, well, first of all, I want to say I can't hear Michelle, so I'm sorry. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, this arrogance, the height of arrogance, I mean, we've talked about this before, but really what has my blood boiling is the fact that Morneau, our finance minister, only gets fined $200 by leaving out the price of his French villa? I mean, he's under the gun here. You just talked about he wants fair taxation, and he's going after the small business sector, which basically are our largest job creators, and yet he himself is playing a shell game. 
I, I'm, I'm disgusted. I'm totally disgusted. Is he completely, uh, has he paid up or is he still, is it still a little nebulous as to whether or not everything's on the table with Bill Morneau? Oh, I, I think it's very nebulous. Every time, and of course, the thing is, he, he says he's made his reparations and put things in blind trust and so on. But it, it just seems it's the layers of an onion thing. You know, the, the more we discover, the more we find we have yet to discover. So I don't think this is resolved at all. Yeah, it's and not. And I mean, $200 fine? This is a slap in the face of taxpayers in this country. You know, okay, uh, Michelle? Let's start again, please, Michelle. I apologize. Okay. It's our, it's yeah, our, it's our state-of-the-art phone system. Go ahead, yeah. Michelle. Okay. Um, I said $200 fine is bizarre. I sent an email to, to you guys that he probably tips more than that at a fine dinner. He must have laughed. After everything that happened, yeah. it's 200 bucks. Yep. Well, his reputation's in tatters. Well, yes, so I know, I know. But, maybe but, it's not financial, but yeah. reputationally, terrible. Yeah, but I, th- I think he probably had the giggles for a while. <laughs> yeah, eh, probably, yeah. Because if that's all we can do, then we're impotent as far as policing our governments is concerned internally. But we, well, we know that. We know what rules. happened to Michelle. Yeah, they they what happened the to rules. Yeah. Okay, kids. Um... What else do we want to get at here? Well, Canada's aging population. I'm going to be speaking to the folks at the Fraser Institute about this tomorrow, but I'd like your thoughts. Canada's aging population could push government deficits to $143 billion by 2045. And uh, is this is I'm not aiming this at the Fraser Institute, but is this a uh, learn-to-hate-your-granny uh, time we're living in? <laughs> I hope not, because I just became a granny a little while ago. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, what, what kills me about this whole aging population thing is policymakers seem to pretend they just discovered it. <laughs> We've known this is coming for decades now, decades. We see it already happening with health care. Uh, just, just this week in Ontario, we saw somebody waiting four and a half years to see a neurologist. We see a breakdown of our, of our social services, and healthcare, of course, is a pretty darn important one, that should have been foreseen ages ago. So shame on governments that, you know, they pretend this is something they're just discovering. And you know what will happen to that person who sees the neurologist four and a half years from now? <laughs> probably be dead. No, no, let me tell you what's going to happen. They sit down with the neurologist, they talk, yeah. they do a couple of tests, and the neurologist comes back and says, you should have come to see me sooner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, and but this, is, really a, this is a very serious here. issue We're talking for all about Canadians. We're bragging right now. Canada's economy is great. Uh, we're going to be able to cut deficits, and we're going to be able to do this and that. If you look at this Fraser Institute report, it is very, very scary. But also, Catherine shared with us uh, an article, and it's from Philip Cross. Okay, hold on to that. Linda, hold on to that. Because yeah. we okay. have to take a break. We'll talk about that yeah. when we come back. It has to do with Canada's GDP, right? Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. We'll come right back. He weighs both sides of the story. And chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network.
My email address is Roy at RoyGreenshow.com, Twitter at The Roy Green Show. We're on Facebook. And uh, you can listen back to any segment that we air on The Roy Green Show page on the website of the Chorus Radio Station you're listening to now. News story from Bowling Green, Kentucky. A man has been arrested and charged with assaulting and injuring U.S. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Kentucky State Police said in a news release that Paul had suffered a minor injury when 59-year-old Rene Boucher assaulted him at his Warren County home Friday afternoon. The release did not provide details of the assault or the nature of Paul's injury. Boucher is charged with fourth-degree assault with a minor injury. I guess Rand Paul got one in. He's being held at Warren County Jail on $5,000 bond. Tough job being a politician at times, particularly when Catherine Swift and Linda Leatherdale and Michelle Simpson are on your case. <laughs> That's a toughie. Linda, what were you going to say? Well, I was just saying that Catherine shared a story with us this week, um, a former StatsCan official who really is de- digging deeper into the numbers that we are getting out of Ottawa about how great the economy is, that they are balancing the books, that they can spend, spend, spend their way out of this. And we've heard this so many times. I want to remind, you know, they said the debt to GDP has come down. Remember, Roy, how we went then Paul Martin, Finance Minister. Catherine, you were part of this, I'm sure, Michelle. And we said, we are heading down the debt road. And we are now, they, these politicians have forgotten all the hard work that we did. I found it very interesting because Catherine is saying there's another story underneath these numbers. And are we really having the books cooked for us? So, Catherine, I mean, it was a great article. Yeah, well, I, I just thought it encapsulated a lot of what I've been thinking for a while, just from a sort of economist standpoint, and and I, I guess the the nub of it really is that uh, well, there's a, there was a few nubs to be honest, but our economy is being driven right now not by enduring things. Enduring things are investment because that that it helps the future. Uh, there are things like growing levels of exports. We don't have any of that. What we have is very indebted consumers continuing to spend, won't go on forever. Very indebted governments continuing to spend, won't go on forever. And, and also, um, levels of, uh, it, when we compare it to, to previous years, for example, the, that 4.1% GDP growth that the government was crowing about in the second quarter of 2017 was actually being, it's always a comparison to the previous year. So you have to take it in context. The previous year in Canada, we had all those horrible wildfires in Fort McMurray that decimated the economy. So, again, context is huge, as you were saying, Linda. And here, what, what worries me is that uh, I really, I really got to wonder if the people in Ottawa, the people in the finance department aren't stupid. they got to know this. How can they support the level of spending we're having right now? We are totally vulnerable to the inevitable downturn we will have. Downturns happen roughly every 10 years or so. Our last recession was 2008. And what year are we in now? Oh, yeah, right, the end of 2017. Anyway, it's a big, big black cloud hanging over our economy, and I think the government is ignoring it to have short-term gains, I hate to say this, oh, good old Joe Clark, eh? Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be facing some serious pain. Didn't you also uh, write something about um, 
NAFTA coming into play here and, and having well, an the impact? US, yes, the U.S. Yeah. Is, is the whole other question mark. The, the tax, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next week or two, but tax cuts are very much on the agenda south of the border. Does, do people really think that won't have a big effect on Canada? NAFTA, if NAFTA were to collapse, which, uh, heaven forbid, I hope that doesn't happen. It's super important to our country, as well as the U.S. and Mexico. Big, big problems there, too. So, yeah, the the, the whole... You know, the whole question mark that is U.S. policy right now, our biggest economic influence in Canada, another another great unknown out there. Michelle? I couldn't agree more. Um, Catherine had alluded to the fact that governments, and it's not just this one, that just absolutely put blinders on with respect to potential problems down the road, but we've got sunny ways with no dark clouds. And (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, I really can't believe it. The last finance minister, I believe, that had a contingency fund was Paul Martin. Well, well, Flurry wasn't huge. Flaherty did have $3 billion annually in a yeah. contingency, too. And to be fair, the current government has, has, has got, they actually reduced it in the, in the economic statement, it's $2 billion. But, but frankly, when you look at the size of the government and the size of our economy, 2 or $3 That's billion nothing. is chump change. Okay. It's chump change. Michelle? I agree. But at least it was something... And But then, you know, there have been governments, in order to try to balance things or look better, just blew through the contingency fund. I have about a minute and a bit left here. I just want to run this by you. I mentioned it a couple of times on the air already. And we're going to be speaking to the author of the report tomorrow, um, the Cato Institute, their their uh, Cato at Liberty Poll. Seventy-one percent of Americans say political correctness has silenced discussions society needs to have, and 58% have political views they're afraid to share. What does that speak to, Linda? Oh, my God. We're being silenced. We're being silenced. And we, you know, Roy, you talk about it how many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ontario, like, you know, if you dare to speak up and disagree with something. My husband just said, he pointed this out to me. This is ridiculous. I'm from Aurelia, Ontario, Gordon Lightfoot country. A councillor at City Hall has demanded that the cannons are facing Rama, so they want them turned around the other way. And my husband said, well, face them to City Hall then. I mean, come on, (laughs) nobody... Well, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're we're out of time. As Lenny Bruce said, I hate small towns, because after you've seen the cannon in the park, what else is there? (laughs) Well, Um. that's... The pendulum has got to swing back. It's gone so far in the crazy direction for political correctness, it's got to swing back. It's gone. We'll push it. We'll push the swing. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll do a right of 360 right over the top. Okay, kids. See you next time. Okay, Dad. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.